you may have seen the 30-day game music challenge going around online. Try and I decided to take part, and we're gonna do both of our lists in one video. That's 60 songs. Hey everybody, welcome back to another MLIG AdLib. Uh, this time we are taking on the 30-day game music challenge. I have right here my paper list with 30 songs that I've picked, but Try has also picked 30 songs his, himself, and we don't know what each other has picked. Mine are, mine are just on my smartphone. I didn't go as, as cool as you on yours. But we, we have not shared our list with each other, so it's gonna be kind of a surprise for both of us, and there's probably gonna be a lot of songs that we don't know that the other person picked, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, so uh, I, 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 I kind of got into this idea after uh, I saw Joe Ritifer's video on GameStack. So I was like, okay, I, now I'm kind of feeling doing this. So it, it was actually was a lot of fun coming up with these uh, picks. Uh, Bithead1000 also did a video that put all put his entire list in the one video. So I just think it's really fun to do it this way. And I think it's important to note that these, the, what we have chosen does not necessarily mean it is our favorite of all time for any particular category. It might, in some cases, maybe it is, but most of the time I would just say it is something that popped in our heads and we're like, yeah, I just, I want to talk about that track or I want to share it, you know? I've really gone out of my way to pick things that are not, I guess, people, like the typical thing that people would expect from me. Uh, so you might notice some omissions and, and be thinking, why didn't he pick that? Or I can't believe that he didn't pick something from this game but that's that's kind of the fun in this whole thing is it was a challenge ourselves there is 30 songs and you know 30 songs between the two of us is 60 i have no idea how long this is going to be we're, we're going to be sitting we, here we could a be while. sitting here for a while and we're, we're going to see how it goes yeah so the first one i mean it starts off exactly where it should pick a title screen music and uh a lot of games on my list, maybe not all that obscure, uh, and not saying that this is the most obscure game ever or anything. Certainly people that uh, watch our live streams will have seen me stream this before, uh, but the Valis series has really outstanding music, and I am picking the title screen music specifically from the PC Engine CD version of the first Valis, and it just, it, it just really hits hard as soon as it kicks in on that title screen. It's so good. Strangely, the, the title screen music is the one that I struggled the most with. I feel like it's the one that I went back repeatedly and changed things. There were several different songs that I really wanted to put in. Uh, some things were, were more modern than I was expecting, but I ended up going with the title screen music for Fantasy Star 3, which is, it's kind of a, a sad song, but it really does a good job of giving that feeling of music that is going to, to you know, spans generations which is the whole theme of the game. And it's an, it's an interesting pick too, because that is a, from a technical standpoint, it's kind of a, a weird track in that it's, it's one of the Genesis tunes 
that you see butchered relatively often in emulation. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people would say that it sounds kind of shrill, but I, I, it's it's something that's really stuck with me for a long time because it's got this, like this overarching melancholy feel to it. And uh, I mean, I really like it. After that, we have uh, the opening level music. And this is another one that I, I struggled with, but at, and at first I had written in what I, when a long time ago we did a, a video of our favorite first level eight and 16 bit game musics. And I had actually at first put in my pick from that, which was Win That Resistance. And then I realized that there was something that I did not mention in that video that I feel so silly for missing. And that is for quartet on the master system and also the arcade version. Ah. Going back to that 8 and 16-bit music episode, I feel that I would have probably swapped Midnight Resistance out for this if I had thought of it at the time. That's an interesting one. You know, we played Quartet on a stream uh, a little over a year ago, and I can't say the music really made an impression on me, but uh, now I'm going to go back and, and listen to that. And I guess I will because I'll be watching this video. Uh, for me, you know, I was also thinking back to that uh, 8 and 16-bit uh, tracks video, but when we first conceived of that episode, we were just like, oh, the first level theme from any game. And then we decided to limit ourselves with eight and 16 bit. And I, I've always thought that if we weren't limited by saying eight and 16 bit games only, I would have possibly very likely picked as my number one opening level theme is Beautiful Joe. Oh, that is an awesome choice. Really, I mean, that's always been a theme I've loved, but I feel like what really cemented it in my mind was when you did the uh, RGB episode on playing on CRTs and you used that music to introduce PVMs. And I feel like the way you edited to that music just made me appreciate how freaking good that track is even more than I did when the game first came out. So that's, it, it's a theme I think about a lot and it's oh, so good.
All right, so day three is 8-bit music. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like we've used so many NES games over the years uh, in terms of we've used tracks from NES games and so many videos over the years that I almost feel like I've, I've run dry of like original tunes to put in videos. Um, this is probably a, possibly a track I've used in a video before. Uh, and again, people who have watched our streams know that this is a game that I've become very passionate about over the years. Uh, but just in my continued campaign to get Ninja Gaiden 3 recognized as the actual best NES Ninja Gaiden game, or Famicom if you prefer, that version is easier, uh, I picked the music that it appears, I believe, twice in the game. Uh, first on Act 4, Part 1, but it also appears in the first part of the final stage, and that's where I always think about it because it's got this beautiful background with some NES parallax above the clouds uh, on this uh, airship in the sky. And it is, is an awesome, awesome track. So my pick for day three for the 8-bit music was is another Sega choice, and that is for the game Zillion on the Master System. It's, it's, it's a very difficult game to describe because it's almost like a Metroidvania type thing, but there's also memorization puzzles, and it just has this really good theme that plays on a loop for most of the game, and I feel that it's it's, it's a pretty pretty big game, and I think that a lot of people probably would be really sick of the music by the time that they finish it, because it's a fairly fairly short loop. But I've always loved it. I've always loved it, and I don't remember them now, but I think that my friend and I, who played this game a lot growing up, we almost we made up kind of our own lyrics to it, our own words to it, but I don't remember what they were. So I, I know that one of them, like one of the words was just like, come on. It goes, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> picked a master system theme because that would have been a lot harder to me i mean i do enjoy the psg sound but you you grew up with it so you've got way more exposure okay for day four we have the the, uh, the mu a music from a console exclusive series and this one was extremely difficult for me because we started we, we kind of debated back and forth of what it should entail where we said does this just mean if it hasn't been ported anywhere, 
you know, if it hasn't shown up on, say, a virtual console service or like as a PlayStation 1 classic, does that, does that count? Does that count as staying on a single system? And when I think of console exclusive, I think of like one specific console. And it can't just, and at first right. you were you were thinking, well, is it gonna be something like, like like the Jack series, which is only on PlayStation, the, the PlayStation line of consoles. Yeah, or hey, Halo is only on Xbox, Mario is only on Nintendo. I think that's probably what the person who wrote this list was going for, but I, I know I challenged myself to go like, what is a series that is literally only on one console? What, what'd you do? I ended up picking, uh, this song, uh, I, I'm not sure if a lot of these have the right title <laughs> because you find different titles for different music uh, all over the place. But this is a light, fantastic toe from Sky Gunner, which is the plays on the first stage of, of that game when you play as uh, Fom. a game that I, I always forget to, to look for when I go game shopping. Uh, so it, it, it does have a very charming look to it. So I'd, I'd like to grab that sometime for sure. Um, for me, I also made a pick from the same generation, but I was on GameCube this time. And for me, I was trying to make, I, I was trying to look for something that like, okay, what has at least two games? But never got another sequel later on. Uh, and so for me, I picked uh, Botan Katos, which has two games on GameCube. Uh, I love the first one, don't like the second one very much. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to play all that far into the second one. I did not like the revisions they made to the battle system. Uh, but the first game is uh, very obviously from both a visual and a sound standpoint, I would say it's very obvious it's inspired by Chrono Cross. I'm, I'm not positive if maybe uh, some of the Square staff maybe left and worked on it. On it. I don't know, because this the visual similarities are very similar. Uh, and the soundtrack is by, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name, uh, Matoi Sakuraba. Uh, who I think is most well known for doing uh, the Tales series and also the Dark Souls games. And I gotta be honest, I'm not like a huge fan of his music it's, overall. It, all, it tends to sound very samey to me. I, I really liked it early on when I first heard his stuff in say like Tales of Fantasia and Tales of Destiny. Often I feel like his music tends to be like a cacophony of yes. epic sounds that don't really right. mean anything. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that is a great way to <laughs> describe it. But Botan Katos, I uh, I mean, that was one of the first times, maybe not the first I was exposed to his work, that was probably Golden Sun, but uh, Botan Katos was pretty, one of the first things of his that I heard, uh, and I do feel like among his works, it stands out, uh, and the particular track that I've chosen is, uh, it very much sounds like Chrono Cross because it's kind of got that, uh, I don't know the technical word to describe it, but 
Uh, it's got where you sort of hear like the physical sounds of the strings, like in the plane of the music. You know, you sort of hear that squeak sound, you know? Uh, and Chrono Cross does a bit of that as well. Uh, so the track I chose is one of the, the town themes uh, called, titled Bellflower, apparently, and uh, uh, it's, it's very pleasant. play those. I, I've looked into them and I've seen you capture footage from them for previous episodes before, but I it's all card-based, which is basically a gameplay style that doesn't really do anything for me. <laughs> it, it normally doesn't for me either, but uh, the way the battle system plays out is, is very nice. Uh, the sort of the, the deck format keeps the battles fresh and you sort of have to choose your moves based on what you have, and it, it plays out very smoothly and it's a unique battle system and doesn't necessarily feel like it's card-based per se. It's just that's the way that it's represented. So anyway, uh, day five is a hub world or overworld theme. I mean, there are... This was actually one of the ones that I just picked the most quickly and just stuck with my choice. I thought about... Um, uh, I, I thought about going, like, should I think of something else, maybe? But uh, I just stuck with it, because this is a theme that I think about a lot. Uh, and that is the overworld theme from Wild Arms. The, the original Wild Arms, which, uh, interestingly enough, uh, I believe is heavily inspired. I mean, you might even put some quotations around that inspired uh, by a track from i can't even remember off the top of my head which movie it is but it's very heavily inspired by uh a track from i don't even know how to say the guy's name he was a famous film composer who i believe just died yeah uh ennio morricone yes i believe uh i believe it was one of his tracks uh that uh this is heavily inspired by uh but um I love the, the composer of the Wild Arms series. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she does really incredible work. And I, I don't think the fact that this is very inspired by a movie theme uh, should not diminish the quality of her work because it's, it's really, really good stuff. I, I struggled a lot because I was almost going to pick Final Fantasy IX, which is probably my favorite overworld theme of, of all the Final Fantasy games. That might be my favorite Final Fantasy overworld theme. I mean, it's that's a good one. I thought of it too, but... There's something about that kind of ethereal sound that Final Fantasy IX has, but I ended up picking uh, 
the the Delphinius uh, music from Skies of Arcadia. Because oh, the, the cool thing yes. about Skies of Arcadia is, is, since it's all airships, you always get you get these really great airship themes as your general overworld music, and it changes depending on what part of the world you're going to. I mean that soundtrack in general, but that is one of the best tracks in the game, absolutely. All right, so day six was the uh, was music that makes you feel relaxed. And this is something that I, I had one thing written in at first that I don't remember what it was now. I probably have it on my other sheet of paper, but the music that I ended up choosing was the, uh, apparently it's called the, uh, the Super Truffle Room from Monster Boy, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which is the, <laughs> hidden rooms that you find and it plays this very relaxed calming version of a piece of music from Wonder Boy and Monster World and I remember the first time I heard it I feel as much as I love the game the first time I heard this piece of music is when I really fell in love with the game and I would just go into those rooms and I would just let my character stand there and I'd go and do something else just have to like leave it playing in the background. For some reason, I never even thought about that game when I was uh, coming up with picks for my list, but that that has an incredible soundtrack. And in fact, when we covered it in our games we played in uh, 2018 video, uh, we were saying that it might have the best grassy field theme of all time. Uh, but for my pick of music that feels relaxed, I, I had another track written down for this game, as, uh, for this entry as well. Uh, and I, uh, I decided to change it this morning. What I had written down was the observatory theme from Super Mario Galaxy, you know, Rosalina's uh, hub world area. There's just, it's not so much the music, but just something really comfy and homey about that whole atmosphere, the atmosphere of that area. So I had that written down, uh, but then I thought back on something that uh, really stood out to me a few years ago, which was the title screen music in Life is Strange, uh, which is this, uh, you know, kind of Twin Peaks-esque uh, adventure game with you know, a really cool time manipulation mechanic. Uh, and the title screen just has this distant shot of this, you know, small Northwestern American town with the tall pine trees and the ocean beyond it. 
uh, and you hear the sounds of nature and there's just this really overwhelmingly chill guitar solo playing that doesn't, it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no real melody to it or anything, uh, which is normally something that I really look for in a tune is something that's memorable, but there's nothing. It's just, it's just there and it's just pleasant. And when uh, I streamed Life is Strange a few years ago on the Backloggery streams, during the pre-stream, I would just let it sit on the title screen. So day seven is music from an indie game. And, and obviously there are a lot of choices here. Uh, and, and similar to the music that makes you feel relaxed, I, uh, I picked something that's maybe a little bit out of my wheelhouse for this. And this is, uh, this is something that actually recently appeared very tangentially in Analog Frontiers Part 2. Um, and it's, it's, it's a game I think about a lot and it's a soundtrack I think about a lot. And that is Severed. Uh, Severed is a first person dungeon crawler from Drinkbox Studios, which is the same company that makes Guacamelee. And it, it sort of has that like high quality vector graphics look to it, uh, similar to Guacamelee. Uh, but it's got this like deeply strange and unnerving uh, atmosphere about everything in the game. You are in this very strange and twisted world. And the music doesn't have like, a, again, not a lot of strong melodies, which is what I'm normally looking for, but the atmosphere it builds is so... Uh, unnerving in a way and it, it feels like over the course of the game that piece of music evolves to feel more and more oppressive the deeper you get into the game and just the the atmosphere of that game is so unique and something that has just really stuck with me i played it on vita but uh it's also on on mobile phones you can play it on the switch i'm not sure about the wii u maybe uh but i if you have any room in your heart for touch-based combat controls. Uh, it is just a extremely unique game that, that I think about a lot. So it's, it, and the music is a big part of that. I remember seeing you playing that when I think we were in San Francisco uh, shooting some stuff. 
that was, you know, for, for Analog Frontiers and also other stuff. And I think you were playing and I remember thinking that does not look appealing at, at all to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was sitting like in an awkward position, like holding my Vita to do like some of the more complex like swipes. Uh, so for my pick, what do I got here? This one was was pretty challenging too because I think that what what defines an indie game these days is very very challenging. Uh, I mean, at first I was thinking, well, what if I pick something from Shovel Knight? Because I really like the uh, like the Propeller Knight theme in that, but I but I don't even know if, if Shovel Knight would really be considered an indie game. I mean, it was it was crowdfunded, but it, I wouldn't consider Yacht Club to be an indie developer. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would, but it's it is a, it is a, a, a ambiguous definition. So what I ended up doing is I picked something that is a bit outside of the box in terms of what people would think of with indie games because a lot of people think of indie games on more modern platforms. Uh, and instead, I picked Pure Solar if you're using the CD soundtrack with, with the Genesis cartridge. It's also in the HD versions that came out. This, it's this very slow piano theme that just, just really resonated with me the first time I heard it. And I haven't even played through the entire game. So next up we have uh, music from a first or third person shooter, which is kind of a tough choice as well because- Is, Con is Contra a third person shooter? Yeah, yeah. how do you define a third person <laughs> shooter? But I think that we had talked about it and said, well, it has to at least be 3D, I think. The thing is, is most first person shooters, music and music in those games really don't stick out to me. It's just usually just like these very, generic, bland, orchestrated, bombastic music. And the only one I can really think of that had good music that has stuck with me is probably the Halo games. And but I thought, you know, Halo is, is, is too easy of a choice. But then I started thinking about like shooters, third person. I mean, why can't something like, like a rail shooter? So I ended up picking the gigantic fleet from Panzer Dragoon Orda. You know, if, if you know me, you know I love my big airship battles. And when you fight the gigantic fleet, which is a whole battalion of airships and you're just destroying it with your dragon and it plays this amazing music, that was that was the point where Panzer Dragoon Orda became definitely my favorite Xbox game.
but for me, I, I when when you wrote out this list for me to fill in the blanks, I uh, you forgot to write third person. You just wrote first person, and so I made my pick as a first person shooter and decided to just stick with it, uh, which is the Pelagic Two music from the original Perfect Dark. Uh, it's definitely my favorite track in the game, and it's uh, I, I I feel it's very memorable. Uh, and I have tried many times to use it in a video. Uh, and I don't think I ever have actually, uh, because every time I try to put it in as background music, it feels like it calls too much attention to itself. <laughs> uh, cause it's just, it's just that stand out of a tune. In my opinion, I don't know if this is like, uh, a tune that, that N64 uh, fans think of a lot, but it's a tune that I think of a lot, at least. So day nine is music from a licensed game. Uh, and that could be, that, that's obviously a pretty wide field of, you know, it could be music, TV, comic books, movie. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I ended up going with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, in particular, um, I'm choosing the first level theme from Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis. It's the same music that plays in the first level of Turtles in Time, uh, but I I really do like how that, that particular track sounds on the Genesis. And it's, I mean, maybe the best version of the Ninja Turtles theme. I mean, whether it's Super Nintendo or Genesis, I think it might be the best version of the Ninja Turtles theme. I, I, I just really like how, how it's it's mixed. That's a good one. And you know what? I also picked a Ninja Turtles song, believe it or not, <laughs> because there is one specific piece of music from, from the arcade game that has always has always stuck stuck out to me. And I remember very faintly hearing it in the arcades as drowned out by everything else. And uh, it's a song that plays over the, the freeway level. And even the NES rendition is very, very good.
Well, I, I'm happy that we haven't picked the same game yet, but we did we did get uh, dangerously close there. But it's uh, I, I part part of me is happy that our minds went to the exact same place, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so day ten is the RPG battle music, and this is something that I feel that you probably had an easier time with than I did. I did second guess it a lot, but uh, I, it's it's a tune that I. I think about a lot and I like. So you, let's hear let's hear uh, how yours went. So I ended up picking the battle music from Valkyrie Profile, which is another uh, uh, Matoi oh. Sakuraba song. And I never felt that he had very good battle themes, but this is the one that's always really stuck out to me. And the game itself is very difficult. The battle scene, the battle system is is pretty tough to, to figure out and get, get your, wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. uh, but the music is extremely good. And there's also a very good arranged album that even has a better version of this song on it. game that I tried briefly to play on the PSP uh, and I feel like it may have just not been the right time in my life because I was just starting my job and I the game does not explain very well how to play it and I could just not wrap my head around the battle system at all uh, and you know the game had a very depressing vibe to it and I guess I just wasn't in the mood for that at the time I, I actually got Valkyrie Profile 2 not that long ago and like the battle system in that seems a lot more interesting to me I've heard it described as uh, uh, almost a prototype for Resonance of Fate and they're they're both triace so that would make sense so for my pick uh, you know I, I'm gonna have to admit Final Fantasy appears on my list more than once and this is this is the first the first appearance of Final Fantasy. I did not repeat games, but I did repeat Final Fantasy. And and my pick for this is actually Final Fantasy Thirteen. Uh, the regular battle theme in Final Fantasy Thirteen stands out is so good to me. Uh, it was the first time that I really became aware of uh, how do you say his name, Masashi Hamazu. Uh, the first time I really be, I had heard his music and, and other Final Fantasy games that he contributed to, but it was the first time that I was really aware of him as like a singular composer. And uh, the, we both love the Final Fantasy 13 soundtrack, regardless of what anyone may think about the game. I, I, I do think it's an interesting linear RPG, uh, but the regular battle theme, honestly, I might like it better than the regular battle theme in any of the Final Fantasies composed by Nobuo Oimatsu, even though Oimatsu is, you know, one of my absolute favorites.
And I would agree with you that it is right up there with one of the best battle themes. And we both we both platin platinum the game, and you're gonna be hearing this theme a lot <laughs> if, you're, if you decide to do that. And I still like it. <laughs> I still like it, no matter how many adamant choices I had to fell. <laughs> But anyway, moving on, next on day 11, we have music from a puzzle game. Uh, and I think, again, people who have watched the live streams have known that I, I've developed a fascination with the Poyo Poyo games in recent years, uh, just because it's so few of them released in the U.S. Uh, and it's fascinating to me just the sheer number of them in Japan. There's so many and they're dirt cheap. Uh, but believe it or not, I had not choose music from Poyo Poyo to cut because to be honest, I, I can't think of a lot from it that like super stands out to me. I mean, I like it well enough. Um, but I think the best puzzle soundtrack of all time is Tetris Attack. Oh. Um, and the track that I chose from it is a track that I, I think I may have actually used one, at least once or twice, uh, in videos before. Uh, and it's actually not a track that I thought about a lot back in the day, but in playing the game in more recent years, uh, it's definitely risen to the top, uh, is my favorite track in the game. And, uh, of course it is also in Panel de Pond, but in a, a different themed level, but in Tetris Attack, it's uh, the music in Wiggler's stage. I thought about choosing Wario's Woods as well because that is my favorite puzzle game, especially the Super Nintendo version. It's a game that I feel like a lot of people don't like that much or don't think about that much. And uh, there, there's there's good tracks from that that I thought of too, but that, that Wiggler theme, just, I love it. So this is one that I, I st struggled with because certain, there's... I mean, I, I'm not a huge puzzle game fan, and there's I, I have a lot of them, but there's a lot of them I haven't really put any significant time into. So I ended up picking the, the song You and I from the Dolphin Surf level in, in, in Tetris Effect. And that's the one where you start out underwater, and you slowly, as you progress and your score raises, you go up above the water, and dolphins are jumping out of the water. And I think that was the moment when that song played is when I really became invested in the game. Oh yeah, that's definitely one of the best parts of the game, you know, and of course the last level is pretty amazing too, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that is a very, very, very good I, got, I have to admit that I think that I, maybe I would have picked the, the final level as, as my choice for this, but I was, I was kind of afraid of, of this video getting a copyright strike against, against it. <laughs>
Anyways, moving on, we have for day 12, we have music that makes you sad. And for me, I immediately jumped to Secret of Mana, but I thought, well, that's a little bit too easy. And then I was looking at the games on my shelf and I pulled out Terranigma. The entire, the entire Gaia series that is the third entry in uh, has this overarching sadness to everything. You know, it's all about, about life, death, rebirth, death. And it's, they all have these, these themes and that, that is perfectly reflected in the music. And the town that you start in, in, in Terranigma, the town of Krista, it's inside of the planets and, you know, there's these little bubbles floating through the air and it's just this, you know, it just has this really sad theme to it. But it's, it's also a great representation of a town theme. That's an interesting pick. I know that you you talk a lot about how much melancholy music sort of resonates with you and how uh, you just think about it a lot and, and they sort of stick with you. Uh, for me, like game music that's like trying to be sad doesn't necessarily make me feel sad. Uh, so when I... I was trying to think of like, well, what moment in a game sort of always makes me feel a little emotional. And, you know, I, I, I maybe this would sound silly to some people, uh, but, you know, Hideo Kojima's particular brand of drama has always struck a chord with me for some reason, you know? Uh, I always... I always feel a little, little weepy during some of the, you know, more emotional parts in uh, the Metal Gear Solid games. Uh, and, you know, especially when it comes to like Big Boss, like I feel like, you know, Big Boss, you know, kind of just ended up being a, a pawn in a game that he didn't want to have any part of, uh, you, you know, especially at first. And, uh, the in the ending of Metal Gear Solid 3, which is the best Metal Gear game, um, there is this part where that theme f that plays in the opening of Metal Gear Solid 2, there's a small bit of that theme that plays in the ending of Metal Gear Solid 3. And, you know, that's a theme that people have associated very strongly with the series um and it, it's only really been used limitedly uh throughout uh several years ago there was this whole thing about where you know someone was like oh this is kind of adapted from like a, a classical like a classical russian composer's uh 
uh, piece of music from way back. And I don't know if that necessarily plays in why uh, it plays into why that theme started becoming used less and less. But I've always loved how that sounds and the fact that it's used so sparingly in the series. And then you you get that moment in the ending of Metal Gear Solid 3 where you do hear it. And, you know, here's Big Boss, you know, being uh, showered with all these accolades and honors. And he just doesn't care at all he just feels so empty inside after everything that happened and you hear that that music and it just it kind of makes me feel feel sad and for big boss and you know it just it, it's it's a good use of the music in that part So speaking of music that makes you sad, day 13 is music from a game that you don't like. Uh, and I thought about this for a moment and I was like, you know, I probably don't like music in most games I don't like. Uh, and there's, you know, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy going. Uh, and but I was like, well, maybe it doesn't have to be a piece of music that I do like in a game that I don't like, but I ended up picking something I do like in a game I don't like because a soundtrack I wanted to include on this list but just didn't find the, the place for was Gravity Rush. Uh, I love the music in Gravity Rush and I can't remember the composer's name off the top of my head, but he is a composer who has done uh, a, a lot of work uh, across various mediums but very little video game work uh and i love the soundtracks in gravity rush one and gravity rush two but back in the ps1 era he did the soundtrack for alundra which is a game that i know Corey likes because he loves working designs i know you haven't finished it though and i finished it i finished alundra and i learned to hate it <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a frustrating game. The, the way it controls is just no fun at all. The, the, the level design is very obtuse and requires you to do things that you're just fighting the controls the whole time. But the soundtrack is really nice and it's, it's unique because again, this composer has done very little video game work. So it, it doesn't sound like a typical video game soundtrack. So uh, the particular track I chose was the field music that plays in the area that's immediately outside uh, the town that you arrive at early in the game. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's supposedly titled, The Wind That Shook the Earth.
you're right, I have not finished the game. I think that I played probably about halfway through it around the time that it came out, but I have not finished it. But maybe I should commit myself, because I think that I bought that for you, didn't I? Thinking you would like it. Yeah, that was on the uh, back in the, the PlayStation Network PS1 classics on PS3 days. You know, we, 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 we shared some games that way. Uh, so this one was one that I struggled with even thinking of anything that, of a game that I don't like. Because a lot of the games, I mean, when I don't like a game, I tend to push it off out of my mind. And I started looking at the games that I have, and I, thinking, I started thinking, like, is there any game that I have that I have no interest in really playing through to completion and I basically only have because I like the music for it. And there was one piece of music that I loved since I was a kid from a game that I rented and I realized like, you know, actually I, I have that game because I like the first stage music. And that game is uh, Darius Twin on the, on the Super Nintendo. Alright, for day 14, we have music featuring vocals, which is something that I had a lot of, I had a lot of other choices on my list at one point that had vocals to them, and there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I could have picked. I, I personally went back to thinking about one of the more modern games that had vocals that I really enjoyed, and I ended up picking uh, this the song City Streets, uh, Mango Tango Neo Neon Jungle from Double Dragon Neon, which is a Jake Kaufman soundtrack. And Double Dragon Neon is a game that I think is hilarious. It's, it's pretty fun to play, but there's not really think anything special about it. But the style and the music are what really elevates it to being a really good game in the series. And Arguably, like, like the best one since the first one. Or maybe someone would probably even say that it might be the only good one in the series. Or, I mean, there's people that would say that. But, but it's the style and the soundtrack are what really make it as, as, as well-liked for me as it is. interesting pick for you uh, because you know I, I know that there's probably a lot a very large number of vocal tracks that you're probably absolutely in love with that you could have chosen and me in contrast you know when I was young I did not really like vocals and music I was always all about instrumental stuff and then 
you know, I, I slowly started getting more into, you know, and appreciating when, when vocals were used well uh, in game music. Uh, and I think it's really interesting that you picked a way forward Jake Kaufman soundtrack of all things, because that would be a very easy thing for me to pick as well. Uh, and I chose the uh, main theme from Shantae Half Genie Hero, uh, which plays in the in like the the first real level uh, in the game when the town is under attack. Uh, and the the title of that is uh, is uh, Dance Through the Danger. Uh, and uh, it's it's just a song song that just like really gets you hyped up like right away and just draws you immediately into that action. And uh, way forward, uh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Double Dragon Neon, uh, which came out well before then. But especially in the years following Half Genie Hero, I, I would say Way Forward has been very consistent at having multiple vocal tracks in their games. Uh, that that's really become uh, whether it's Jake Kaufman or other composers, uh, that has become kind of a defining feature of their music in the past. You know, three. Yeah, or four River years. City Girls had some great. A vocal theme song vocal tracks in it so day 15 is boss battle music and i feel like that's especially for me one of the ones that could have the most possibilities because boss battle music is something that has always drawn me in and always really resonated with me uh i ended up going for the regular boss battle music in kirby planet robobot uh which the it's so good because the it uses this theme uh plant robobot is very good at using this theme that uh is so versatile uh kind of the main theme of the game that plays is like the grassy fields theme in the first level uh it, it a variation of it is the boss battle music it's kind of the main villains theme uh, and it's used in just a wide array of tones throughout the game. Uh, and the boss battle version of it is fantastic. of Kirby games are still being composed by the the two main composers who did, you know, the old Kirby games from Game Boy and NES and uh, Kirby Superstar. Uh, those guys are still composing the Kirby themes and they are 
honestly at the top of their game right now. I mean, the stuff they are producing from Return to Dreamland, Triple Deluxe, Planet Robobot, Star Allies, that stuff is some of my favorite soundtracks in uh, the, the recent years of gaming. And uh, I freaking love this boss battle theme. For me, the boss theme that I immediately jumped to, and this is something that I could have, I had something from this game in my indie game listing at, at one point, but then I realized that I really wanted to use the boss theme. And that is from the boss theme from Freedom Planet, which is probably one of my favorite uh, indie game. You know, it's, I, I like to describe it as if Treasure made a Sonic game. And the music during the boss is just so intense, but it has this really good buildup. And it's always topped off with, with defeating the boss and they explode into pieces in slow motion. <laughs> uh, but the, the boss music in that game is just, it's just one of many, many great pieces of music on that soundtrack. Uh, Freedom Planet has one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, I'd say. And this is, and the boss theme is a standout track from it. To confess, I don't remember the music in Freedom Plant very well at all. Uh, <laughs> the day that I played it was actually a day that I, I beat, I think, three games in one day. It was just, it was just a binge gaming day. And like, I think I finished two games that I was very close to the end of and played the entirety of Freedom Planet. <laughs> and uh, I, I just don't remember the music from it, but now you're making me want to go back and uh, oh, remember. The music is, is so good in Freedom Planets. Uh, and one of the reasons I'm so excited for part two is because I'm just excited to hear more, more music. <laughs> so for day 16, we have appropriately 16-bit music. And this is something- There you go. <laughs> there, yep, exactly. It, it makes sense. Uh, and this is something that I struggled with because there are so many different choices I could pick. And at one point I had the, the uh, Space Armada theme from Star Fox in there. And I was like, I, I really want to put that in there. But then I think at the time, at this point, when I filled this in, uh, I didn't have any Genesis music in my list. And it was kind of, it was kind of odd. So, so I chose something from the Genesis. It's the odd numbered stages in Target Earth or Assault Suit Lanos uh, for the Genesis. And it's a theme that, you know, plays every, like every other stage in the game. And it's a, a theme that I, I really like. And it has this, is, you know, it's, it's very frantic and has a good build up to it. And I think that, you know, it's, it's always been one of the most memorable pieces of 16-bit music. And I think a lot of people probably hear it and think like, oh, this sounds, this sounds kind of annoying. You know, it's, it's kind of high pitched at times, but it's something about it that just really stuck with me. 
Well, so for mine, I was, uh, at first I was afraid that I was going to have like way too much Nintendo stuff in my list. So I was like, well, you know, it'd be easy for me to go to Super Nintendo. I mean, and then probably very difficult to, to pick something. Uh, and, I, you know, I feel like the Super Nintendo sound chip these days, like, there, there seems to be much more of a movement, I think, toward being like, oh, the, the, the sample-based, you know, Super Nintendo music isn't that interesting, you know, whereas the Genesis, you know, that sounds like real video game music. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't agree with that. I love the Super Nintendo sound. But I still thought, like, ah, I'm worried I'm not going to have enough Genesis games on my list. Um, ironically, I've ended up with not very much Super Nintendo stuff on the list, which is weird. Um, but I still ended up going Genesis for this. Um, and I chose the uh, Pure Prill Castletown theme from Wonder Boy and Monster World. You know, that, that, is a, that is a piece of music that is one of the main reasons that I went back to Wonder Boy and Monster World after playing it as a kid. And I just remember, it, it was that piece of music that I said, you know, I should go back and, and listen to this because I still think about this song. And sometimes I'll just like get it in my head. Uh, and it's basically, there's one specific part towards the, towards the end of the music that, that, that I always think of for it. Yeah, yeah. It takes, a, it takes a little bit to build up to that moment, but then it's like, oh, that's, that's good. So day 17 is music that you never get tired of. Uh, and, you know, as I, I mentioned before, uh, the, the, the recent Kirby game soundtracks, I, the, like that style of music, like just that really energetic uh, vibe of music. I, I personally don't really get tired of that. And I, I listen to those soundtracks a lot. Uh, but not wanting to, to re repeat myself on Kirby, uh, another game series whose music I just never get tired of is Goemon. And uh, specifically, the, my, my favorite soundtrack for that series, uh, at least uh, of the ones that I've played so far, uh, is you know the one that, that introduced me to the series, which is uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon on the N64. There's so many tracks that I could choose from this game, but uh, specifically I'm just going for the music that plays in the Yamato region uh, when you're wandering around in those fields. And it's just, there is just an energy to all of the Goemon soundtracks. Man, if I, if I am like doing a long car ride, the, this game soundtrack is one of the ones that I almost always play because it feels like it's it's it, it, it wakes me up and revives me and I'm ready to keep on going. <laughs> just gonna push through it.
That's an interesting choice because I've only played, I guess the the first I played uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja on on the Super Nintendo, and I played some of the, the of the second one on the Super Nin- or the Super Famicom version. Uh, I need to really get back and finish that, but I can't. <laughs> like none of the music has really stuck out and been all that memorable to me. But maybe that's because I mainly played them on stream. Uh, so for my pick is a game that I've never finished, but I guess it's one of the game one of the games that I I enjoy the music in more than anything else. Uh, then I I've, I I come back to it mainly because of the music, and that is uh, Super Turrican on the on the Super NES. And the first stage music I like a lot, but it's the Stage one three, or I guess the official title is Second Floor. What a, what a great great piece of music! And I you know I will I've, I've listened to this in my car, and it's, it's very rare for me to listen to game music like outside of the game. Honestly, like if I'm driving someplace, and it, it doesn't really happen all that often. But this is one that is on many of my my mixes. That's an interesting choice. I, I have such mixed feelings on the Turrican series because I don't own any, uh, but I've sampled several of them many times. And something about that, you know, running gun games are one of my favorite genres. I mean, I freaking love Contra, but something about the European brand of uh, side scrolling shooter, like, has never really clicked with me. And I, I want it to. I really do, but it's just, it's never quite clicked with me. And uh, in particular, Turrican, like that it, Super Turrican first level music, like I, I think Chris Hulsbeck is, is a profoundly talented composer and I love that theme, but I've never felt that that theme felt like it fit into that game. Like it always kind of felt a little, you know, hey, it's light and fun and let's go on an adventure. I always thought that would fit better in like that, uh, the Gianna Sisters uh, <laughs> HD game that uh, he did the also music for several years ago. Great soundtrack, absolutely. Uh, it, it, all, it never felt like it, it, it fit into like a robot shooter game to me, but but I, I do want to have, I, I need to, to get a little deeper into the soundtracks in those games to to get a better sense of what he did on, you know, 16-bit hardware. Okay, for day 18, this one was extremely difficult for me because it is music in a game released in the year that you were born. And that right there just tells me that the person who made this list is probably much, much younger than me. (laughs) And and probably younger than me, too. They're probably thinking like, oh, people will just pick like something from like on on the Super Nintendo or Nintendo. It'll be it'll be easy. But I was born in 1978, and I looked at a list of games that were released in 1978. And of that list, the thing that really stuck out to me that was familiar was was Space Invaders. 
And, you know, a great game, a classic, but it just features like basically one piece of music that goes bump, 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 bump. I mean, honestly, I've never really even thought of that as music exactly. per se, but since you say it is, I guess it is. Like, I always thought of it as more like, like the sound that it makes, like, because I think the notes only hit when the invaders move, right? Yeah, I mean, it, like, I don't, I don't know if it'd be really considered music. I mean, that's... It kind of is, though. I mean, it's, it is an iconic sound. And then, like, I mean, you've got, like, the Space Invaders Extreme games, which are awesome. And they sort of take that uh, soundscape and, and make it into something much more elaborate. You know, if you look at uh, Space Invaders 91 on the, on the Genesis which makes good use of different themes and stuff. And I mean, that it's just a very difficult thing for me to pick because I mean, Space Invaders, I guess that's what I'm picking for that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got. It is It is very iconic for sure. Hi, Sammy. Uh, so for me, I was born in 1984. Uh, and at first when I read this list, I, I, I misread it and thought I said the year before you were born. Uh, so I, I was looking at 83 at first, but uh, then I went back and looked at 84. And, you know, I could have done something like try to expand my horizons and like, li listen, you know, listen for something on, you know, ColecoVision or Commodore 64 or something, but I thought it might be more interesting. Like, you know, I'm, I'm born and bred a, a Nintendo kid. You know, my shirt I'm wearing today says since 1985, but as we know, the Famicom released in Japan in 1983. So, uh, the, the, many of those early, like what we term the black box NES games, those are actually games from 1983 or 1984. Um, and you know, most of those don't have like amazing music or anything. A lot of them don't even really have music like during the gameplay per se. Uh, you know, just like a title screen theme or like a transitional theme between levels or something like that. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I'm not like super into like the pre Super Mario Brothers uh, NES or Famicom games. Uh, as much as I love the system, I feel like, you know, its best output came after Super, you know, starting with Super Mario Brothers. Um but one game that I've always had a soft spot for that I, I don't think many people like very much uh, is pinball. I, I, I like I like pinball on the NES. You know, uh, I w uh, borrowed that game from my cousin back in the day, like for so long that it, it kind of got to the point where I'm like, did she like give that to me? Like, am I, am I supposed to give that back? Is that mine now? I don't really know. <laughs> like I just, I had that at my house for a long time and I, I remember playing it a fair bit. I always liked pinball on the NES. Uh, and so the theme that it plays on the title screen, 
no, nothing special, but it's a, you know, it's a pleasant enough little ditty. And it does say, I believe it might say 1983 on the title screen, or at least the Famicom version might say that, but, but it, it was released in Japan in 1984. So there you go. Day 19 is cover of a music from different artists, which I'm not entirely sure how you interpret this. Uh, I, I don't know if the intention with this was more like, you know, a, a more mainstream song or like a, a, a movie song or something that was remixed in a game or something. Uh, but I, I just interpreted it as it could be any music, even like a piece of game music that is just redone uh, by a different composer and an, another game. You know, a, a very recent example, well, really two recent examples are our, our previous two Imlig ad-libs that we did, which was the Final Fantasy VII remake, which was just phenomenal remixes in that, and the, the Trials of Mana uh, remake, which had much more conservative but but excellent uh, reimaginings of, of those Super Nintendo uh, tunes. Um, but I... Um, I wanted to uh, think back to uh, something else. So what I thought of was Castlevania. I mean, the Castlevania series has many, many, many iconic tunes. Uh, and they reappear frequently in the series. And the soundtracks are very often composed by different composers. Uh, so, uh, the, the one that I chose was Vampire Killer, which is, you know, the iconic level one theme from the original Castlevania appeared many times in the series. Uh, I could have picked any number of versions, but I just settled, uh, on the one that is in Castlevania Rondo of Blood. It's an excellent version of Vampire Killer. So I picked something that, that might make sense, I guess, in terms of like the kind of music that I that I like, uh, and that is from the game uh, Sonic and Sonic's and All Stars Racing Transformed, which remixes a whole bunch of different Sega music, and there's one that really stuck out to me, and that is the remixed version of Stage One from Golden Axe, which is an amazing version of of that song. And I believe the, the soundtrack was done by Richard Jacques. And it is just a great, great soundtrack. And for it's, it is something really special for, for Sega lovers, I think, who just love music and various games that they've released over the years.
I, I have to confess, Golden Axe's music is not something I think about a lot. I mean, I was I was working on trying to beat Golden Axe several months ago and uh, ended up kind of at a dead end because the true final boss of it is is very, very, very mean. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of a remix of Golden Axe Level 1, but uh, now I kind of want to hear that. So day 20 is music from a racing game. And this is something that, you know, you, you maybe thought that I would pick something from Sonic and All-Stars Racing, which is, I didn't even make that connection that I just picked a music from a racing game before this. And then, you know, we have, have this. There's three specific racing games, uh, Sega racing games, of course, that I thought of that I was back and forth pick, picking, I was gonna pick. And that was either Splash Wave from OutRun, uh, Outrider Crisis from Super Hang On, or uh, like, like a Wind, like the Wind, or like a Wind uh, from Power Drift. Uh, and I, instead, I went for something that I had only recently been exposed to because I never really played it in any other form, but it's on one of the uh, Sega 3D Classics cartridges that was released in Japan only, and that is a song from Turbo Outrun. And that song is called Keep Your Heart. And it is a really intense and fast paced song. And it, it feels a lot like something you would have heard in Power Drift. Uh, it doesn't have that more relaxed feel that Outrun in general tends to have. But this is something that it's, it's a pretty good song. And if you, if you like Sega arcade games, then you know that they have good music. And this is yet another on that list that I had only started to pick up on recently. Becoming much more interested in the music in Outrun lately. I've 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 dabbled a little bit in Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast, and uh, it's it, there is some really good music there. I didn't really think of that series for some reason uh, when I was thinking of my choice because the, the I feel like historically at least the the two only two racing series that I'm like passionate about are Mario Kart and F Zero. And I know, like, our good buddy John Lineman uh, is, like, a huge, huge, huge Ridge Racer fan. Uh, and I, I like Ridge Racer a lot, too. I don't have nearly the level of experience with the series that he has. Uh, but I've always enjoyed what I've played. Uh, but the, the music in it, you know, he's linking us, like, tra Ridge Racer tracks all the time. And to me, like, I'm just not, I'm just not hearing it, you know? I'm just not hearing what he's hearing in it. Uh a lot of times Ridge Racer music is kind of boring to me. It's just like the like a trance and droning music that doesn't really. For me, uh, I, I chose something that, you know, we're, we're talking about kind of more of a, a techno-y sort of, of track and Ridge Racer. But for me, I chose something that, again, like I've said on a few of these choices, feels like maybe a bit of a, more of an outside the box choice for me. Uh, because you would think that there were probably a million other Mario Kart tracks that I would choose over this. And for some reason, this is just a track that I think about a lot. 
and and really enjoy listening to and that is uh the the electrodrome uh track in mario kart 8 uh it's it's sort of this uh sort of this dance club atmosphere uh level uh in the star cup i believe of mario kart 8 uh and it's just it's it's just this really exciting driving piece of of music that you know sort of this this dance music that just i don't know it just fits the level really well and i i feel it's kind of memorable and fun That's an interesting pick because I can't think of any notable Mario Kart racing music outside of the first one. <laughs> yeah, you've never really taken to the series. It's it's, it's fun to, to play on a whim, but I've, I've never been a hardcore fan or follower of the series. And Mario Kart 7 was the first game that I bought in the series since the original. So day 21 is music you associate with frustration. And I was trying to think back of like all the moments that I was frustrated playing a game, uh, which, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty easy going. I, I get frustrated sometimes playing games, uh, but uh, the most frustrated I think I've ever been playing a game was uh, the final boss in uh, Rogue Galaxy. I've, I've mentioned that many times. I, I threw my uh, Logitech wireless PS2 controller across the room. I, I, oh, so frustrating. But the music didn't make an impression on me. I don't remember that music. Uh, so I was saying, what, what's a game that frustrated, just really frustrated me? And I thought of Ristar. Oh, okay. Ristar on the Sega Genesis. Uh, you know, that game has some really good music. Uh, the, the first level music is, is awesome. And, you know, this happy theme that makes you ready to go off on this, this platform, this colorful platform and adventure. Uh, but I had a really negative experience, uh, trying to beat Ristar. I got to the final boss like two or three times, like, and at least two of those times I got there either without losing lives or like losing virtually no lives through the whole game. And like somehow I just could not figure out how to fight that boss properly. And I blew all of my lives and all of my continues on the final boss at least twice. And like... I, the, the, like midway through the game, you go to this place called Planet Sonata. And it's this musical themed level or world that frankly has some pretty obnoxious sounding music, in my opinion. Uh, it's got these like, 
you know, they just these weird like like cartoon vocal somethings in it that sound unpleasant to my ears and like every time I was like working up to get back to the final boss, I got to that plan. I'm like, ugh, this place again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, eventually I just realized that like, am I having fun getting back to this final boss? I, I am not. So that like midway uh, hump through the game, getting through Planet Sonata was always just this moment of drudgery. Getting back to that point, eventually I gave up. I'm just like, it ain't worth it. Now I kind of regret that I didn't finish the game and that I got rid of it, but- It's expensive now. It It is expensive now, but yeah, not, not a fan of that music and not a fan of working your way through Ristar. So I thought about this a lot too, and I, there's one piece of music that I wanted to put on my list somewhere else, and then I realized that it would actually fit really well here because I associate the game with being very difficult, but the music elevates it. I think it's worth playing just because of the, the music. And, and my pick for music that I associate with the frustration is the Eerie Forest the first stage from Shadow of the Beast on the uh, TurboGrafx-16 CD. And this is just a, an incredible, incredible piece of music. Uh, but the game is extremely difficult. And I love the look of Shadow of the Beast, but it's always been one of these games that has just really intimidated me because it's known for being so difficult. to day 22, and that is town or village music. And this is a, something that, you know, there's plenty of things that I could pick, but I, there's one series that was lacking from my list that is known for having a more faster paced soundtrack, but I wanted to highlight a, a song from one of their soundtracks uh, in the series that is more of a slower paced, uh, piece of music, and that is the town theme from Redmond from Ease 3 or Oath and Falgana. And in the original versions of this game, this, this town theme was very high energy, but you know, it felt like a bustling town. But as it was reimagined for Oath and Falgana, it's more of a 
just like a, it's, it makes it feel like, oh, it's a beautiful day in this very peaceful town. And there's, you know, you, you don't think that there's anything wrong going on in the town. And, but, but the piece of music, just, just a great entry and some, something, a style that you don't generally hear or doesn't get celebrated from Sound Team JDK. Uh, for me, uh, this, you know, I said at the beginning, these are not necessarily favorites for any category, but this is one situation where I went with something that has long been my favorite town theme, or at least my favorite town theme within the series. Uh, and that is Fisherman's Horizon from Final Fantasy VIII. It's just this really just laid back, peaceful, calming piece of music that, that could have easily been my uh, pick for music that makes you feel relaxed. Uh, but it, it's it's just, it's very memorable. I like the melody of it. And uh, it's always stood out to me as my favorite town music that at least Nobuo Oimatsu is his composed. Interesting. That, that is the only theme uh, from Final Fantasy VIII that I is I feel is really all that memorable. Really? Are you are you serious? Because I feel like Final Fantasy VIII is is a contender for my favorite soundtrack in the series. That that surprises me. Well, I'm not a big fan of the game, like, so I probably associate it with being uh, a bad game. So I think see, the music doesn't resonate with me. I think that the soundtrack's weakness is the main theme because it's. Up, at, up to that point in the series, like the main theme was always the world, always doubled as the world map theme. There was always a version of the main theme used as the world map theme. And Final Fantasy VIII was an exception to that. Um, I don't really love Eyes on Me and I don't love that Blue Fields uh, track for the, the world map that I think uh, is referred to. But aside from that one weakness, I think on the whole, like the battle theme is my favorite of Nobuo Oimatsu's. Uh, just a lot of really good music in the game, but it's interesting to me that Fisherman's Horizon does stand out to you as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the few songs from the game that I remember. So day 23 is underrated music or music that we think is underrated. And, and for, for me, I, I didn't really go so much a route of music that I think is underrated per se, but maybe not as widely recognized as I think it should be. Um, and so for me, 
what I thought of was Final Fantasy XIV. Yes, I'm going back to Final Fantasy. Uh, and the reason I said that was a, a while back, I was sharing with John Linneman some some of the tracks that I really like from Final Fantasy XIV. And he was like, wow, this is really amazing stuff. Uh, and, and he brought it up again later saying like, oh yeah, you, you were the one that turned me on to how good that soundtrack was. And I feel like a lot of people would have a similar reaction uh, because Final Fantasy XIV, while it is a popular MMO, uh, a lot of Final Fantasy fans simply are not ever going to play it because it is an MMO. And I think they would be surprised that it is, especially uh, from the point that they remade the game. Because if I'm if I'm being honest, the original soundtrack that was solely composed by Nobuo Oematsu with the game's you know failed 1.0 version, there's a few standout tracks in that. But um, uh, the the new composer, uh, his name is Soken, uh, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, he's worked at Square Enix for a while uh, on sound teams, but he's th this is kind of the first game where he's like really been played a prominent role as like the lead of the sound team, uh, and he has just really taken that role by the horns and uh, made a soundtrack that is extremely memorable and catchy and just has has fascinating music uh, at every turn like <laughs> almost all of the boss battle well at least like the major like summon battle themes like have vocal tracks and stuff it's it's crazy um the but the particular track that i chose to highlight here is kind of a bit of a different feeling one that really stood out to me earlier this year i finally finished the uh, Stormblood expansion, which was the second expansion, uh, which is the lesser popular of the expansions thus far. Uh, and it was, it was okay. Uh, but the, the moment uh, that I'm highlighting here is from by far the best moment of Stormblood, uh, which is uh, retaking Doma Castle. Uh, and the music that plays during uh, that dungeon uh, is is so funky and not what you would expect at all. It just kind of catches you off guard, but it's just like so good and, and goes along with the excitement of like this long awaited moment that the story has been building up to for like since before the first expansion even. Uh, try the, the, knowing that there was this struggle in this far off country and this is like the moment that you're finally making it happen it's just like alright now we're, we're going for it and it's, it's, it's different but it's, it's good So my pick for uh, music that I feel is, is underrated. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure it just said underrated music. I don't know if it's just like 
the game is underrated, but a game that I don't think I I've, haven't really heard a lot of people talking about, uh, but it's from the game uh, Under, De Under Defeat uh, from G-Rev. It's a, it's a, it started out on the on the Dreamcast, and but then an HD version was ported on the on the PS3, and there's also an Xbox 360 version. But the track called uh, "Go on a Mission" is uh, it's I mean it's, it's a great piece of music, and the physical copy that was released on the for the PS3 comes with a soundtrack CD, and it has this music on there. It's it's well worth getting. Uh, you know, I, I feel that name under defeat sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like you may have brought it up in a video at some point long ago. Okay, so for uh, for day 24, we have music that is constantly stuck in your head. And this is this is a tough one as well. And I'm kind of, I'm going for another shooter. And I'm going for the first stage in in a Mushi I always struggle saying this name out loud. Mushihime Sama. Uh, it's it's a it's a cave shooter also known as Bug Princess. And the first stage music is so good. And like it just, the entire soundtrack is really good, but that first stage is a song that will pop in my head and I just, I won't be able to get it out. And that's another one of, 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 of a very small, small pool of songs that I will put on a mix, um, like that I listen to like outside of playing games. It's, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great piece of music. And also the game is awesome. For me, this was this was this was one of the easiest picks on the list because there is one particular piece of game music that literally I'll just kind of find just running through my head like several times a week, and sometimes I'll even you know break out into a little bit of a na 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 like the opening theme of Katamari Damacy. It 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 pops in my head nearly constantly. <laughs> I mean that that game has a fantastic soundtrack, but the main theme there's just something so inherently catchy about it, and I I I cannot get it out of my head. It's always there, but it but you know what? It, it's always welcome as well.
All right, number 25. This is potentially a really tricky one because there are a lot of choices out there for me for this one. Uh, and that is music that gets you pumped. Uh, there, I, I, I think about this a lot. Like, I, I, I've always thought if we did a follow-up video to that, uh, you know, first level, eight, eight and 16-bit first level themes, I've always thought that, like, I would like to make a list of music that makes you feel like you can do anything. Uh, and uh, I, so I've, I've thought about this before. I've, I've, I've got a short list of, of these kinds of tracks uh, off the top of my head, but the one that I settled on for this is uh, Life Will Change from Persona 5. Uh, this is music that plays in the very beginning of the game because the opening of the game kind of takes place uh, like several months later. And so it's kind of like in the middle of everything. And then like it flashes back to April or whenever it is that the game begins. And this music plays during that opening segment. And you don't hear it again until... Uh, you hear an instrumental version uh, at the end of the first dungeon. And how the game is structured, you, uh, you know, there's the whole Phantom Thieves theme to it. You know, you're, you're pulling off uh, sort of a heist in a abstract way. Uh, and over the course of the month or however long each heist takes, you are working through the dungeon, sort of figuring out how to get to where you need to take the object that you need to get. So essentially you're planning the heist over the course of, you know, weeks or a month. And then when you've figured out how you're going to do it, you have to send the person that you're taking the item from a calling card. So when you actually go into the dungeon on the final day, like they know you're coming and they're on high alert. And then they play this music that just like is all like, all right, let's do this. And it it feels like you've earned it because you only hear that music at the end of every heist. And it 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 feels like all of this time spent planning it out, like has all come down to this, and you you got one shot to do it. Uh is so good. And then in like the last several dungeons of the game, they play the vocal version of it, but both versions are so good. It just get me, just, just, I'm just feel so ready to go for it. the first thing that I filled in on my list. The, the piece of music that immediately uh, jumps into my head when I think of music that makes me feel like I can do anything and it's just like a, this huge build up and, and epic sounding soundscape. And that is the, the Star Dragon Tower theme from Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. And this is a piece of music that is only in the US version on the Sega CD. 
It is not in the Japanese version, and it was not put into the other versions, like the the remakes that came out. Is it even in the unworked designs patch? No, they, I believe that they removed it from that. It's not even the climax of the game. I mean, it's it takes place in the, the last part of the epilogue. Like, the, the, the game has already, like, you know, you, you've defeated the final boss, and it has a multiple-hour-long epilogue. And you have to... I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but you have to go up this this tower to get to this specific chamber, and so you can so you can go somewhere. And the music is just incredible, and it's just too bad it's been removed from the other ones. I think that they tried to put it. I think Working Designs tried to put it into the uh, into Lunar, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete on the PlayStation, but they couldn't get it. Like they couldn't program it to work right, so it's not in there. Instead, it just has the, the same theme that's used in every tower up to that point since the beginning of the game. It's kind of a bummer, but it is an amazing piece of music. For day 26, we have music from a game that you haven't played, which is kind of a tough thing to to do. Yeah, especially especially for me, because I've, I, I've sort of said before, you know, I'm not the most musically inclined person. And one of the reasons that I like game music so much is because a big part of my enjoyment of music comes from what I associate with that music. So the experience that I take from the games is listening to the music makes me feel like I can relive those experiences without playing the game. It brings to mind all of, all of the things that happen over the course of that game that I enjoyed. Uh, And uh, so I don't listen to music from games that I haven't, played a whole lot. Uh, and in fact, I've found that if I like back in the day, like I imported the soundtracks for final fantasy 10 and 12 before they released in the U S the games released in the U S and like I listened to them as like, yeah, it was okay, but didn't really leave an impression. It wasn't until I played the games that like that music took form for me. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was a pretty tough thing for me to pick. But in a, in a weird kind of way, it was also made all kinds of sense. Uh, and I picked the music from, from the game Robo Warrior on the NES, or also known as Bomber King in Japan. Oh. And this is a piece of music that I mainly heard a lot because Robo Warrior was one of the many games on one of the game player's game tapes that I watched incessantly as a kid. And I had the music in my in my mind, even though I never played it for years and years and years. And even now, I've only played it for a couple of minutes. I never played past the first screen, but I know this entire piece of music because I've listened to it so much. And I didn't realize it, but apparently, this is kind of an iconic theme in in Japan. 
Yeah, we we learned that from our uh, our buddy Audie, who uh, I, I forget the details, but he he said that it's extremely well known in Japan for some reason. So for me, again, sort of like you, it's like, well, I haven't like literally not played this game. Like I've, I've popped it in, you know, wandered around a little bit, record some, some footage from it, stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, because my interpretation of like having played a game means that like, I like put it in my system with intent to play through it to the end. Like, I, I intend to beat this game. If I haven't done that, then I, I feel like I haven't really played it. Um, so for me, I chose the uh, Quatero Woods from E's Ark of Napishtim. Uh, it's a good piece of music. But uh, I, I I need to sit down and commit to playing through that game because I, I love the E's games. Uh, and that, that that's one that's been on my backlog for far too long. And it's... Uh, just like all ease music, it's 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 an awesome and iconic like first combat area music. Day 27, we're actually getting fairly close here. Uh, and this is music from a handheld game. And you know, I don't I don't have any Game Boy games on my list. I, I, I really should, uh, I feel, have a Game Boy game on my list, but I eschewed a Game Boy game in favor of giving a game that I think is criminally overlooked. Uh, big part of the reason being the platform it launched on. Uh, this is Mighty Flip Champs uh, for the DSi. Uh, it was a DSi Wear game, which I don't think those got a lot of recognition because, you know, the DSi came out years into the DS's life. You know, most people probably didn't pick one up, and those who did maybe didn't bother with like the download-only games from the eShop or whatever they called it back then. Um, uh, this is a way forward game uh, directed by Matt Bozon, and I, I believe his, his brother Mark Bozon was uh, was heavily involved. If uh, if people remember him from the old uh, IGN Nintendo days, uh, and uh, again Jake Kaufman is the composer. I mean, I, I pretty much consider him my favorite game music, my favorite Western game music composer. Uh, because he, he does such a good job of evoking just that video game feeling uh, in it. And this game in particular has always been one of my favorite games that has yet to receive any kind of physical release. Now, it did get a version on 
the PSP that I don't think plays as well. It, it was a PlayStation Mini or whatever they called them. I, I don't think it works as well because the screen flips horizontal. Uh, it, it, this feels like a lost Game Boy game, except it never could have worked on Game Boy because you have to have two screens to see like what's the next dimension that you're going to flip to and what's different in that one that you're going to flip to. So you have to work your way through these single screen stages that have all of these different uh, differences between uh, the forms. And um, I know you really liked the last level theme from this game, which is absolutely outstanding. But the theme that that has probably stayed with me the most from it is the this music that plays uh, in certain levels where the main character's wand is broken. Normally you can flip dimensions by just pressing a button, but in these stages, the dimensions flip on a timer, uh, which makes them a, a little bit more challenging. And there's just this kind of, this kind of like, it's, again, it's kind of one of those, like, I feel like I can do anything themes. It's just like, it's very, very upbeat and bouncy and just, just a very fun, purely video gamey sounding tune that, that I just love. So I'm, I'm surprised you didn't pick the the final level theme because that's one of my favorite tracks like uh, in a portable game. And I didn't pick anything from my Flip Champs uh, because I thought you might, but also I didn't I didn't pick uh, the other one I was really thinking of is level two or the world two from Super Mario Land, which I think is one of the best best portable game pieces of game music. And I didn't pick either one of those because I thought that you could pick either one of those. But I almost feel like you didn't pick either one of those because you thought maybe I would. Uh, so for me, I ended up picking something that like, I'm not sure if it's available on other platforms. I feel like there might be a PS3 version of it available, but it might only be the first game. And the the game that I picked was a uh, was Soldner X2, which is it was just a okay. pretty awesome side-scrolling shooter. But the second level is has a piece of music called Entering the Entering the Complex, uh, which I used in the documentary on limited run games a long time ago. And this piece of music is just incredible. It has really good buildup, but it has, you know, once it gets like halfway through, it's like a little, like this piano part that I love to, I almost use it in the sharp scale video as well, but then I, you know, I try not to use the same piece of music and from video to video, if I can, even even if it's been years, I try to try to avoid it, but, you know, this is, a, this is a great piece of music, and I, I, I think of it as a portable game because I played it on the Vita.
right, day 28, we have music that makes you nostalgic, which is, you know, I think of this almost in the same way I think of music that makes me sad. It, it, in, in, in many ways, it evokes that same feeling. But my choice for this was something that has a soundtrack that I feel is almost entirely nostalgic. And it's also one of my favorite soundtracks on the PlayStation 1, and that is for Klonoa, uh, Door to Phantomile. And the song that I'm specifically thinking of is from the first stage of the last area, and this song is called Untamed Heart. And it has, you know, it's, it has a really good buildup, but it has this part where it just really opens up, and it plays basically a, like a, a, an ethereal version of the overall theme music to, to the game. I settled pretty early on on the game that I was going to use for this, but I was revising the specific piece of music I was going to use up until the last minute here. Uh, and it, it's an interesting subject for me because, you know, just like kind of uh, the main theme of Analog Frontiers, especially Analog Frontiers Part 1, uh, is it really just nostalgia? And and that's kind of something I believe very strongly in is that no, like retro gaming is not just nostalgia because it's all it's still all about finding new ways to play and, and new experiences that you may have missed and things like that, discovering new favorites. So I feel like retro gaming is, is something that I live now. Like, you know, if I hadn't, didn't have access to the games that I have access to, I would probably feel nostalgic for them, but it, you know, I can pop in Donkey Kong country anytime. And you know, that's, that's not really nostalgic because it, it, maybe it, it is in some way, but like I have ready access to it, you know, but something I don't have ready access to that, that my, my heart has strong yearnings for that. I'm, I must ignore is Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's a game that, you know, it, it, I, th there is, a, in, there is a, a cost of entry in terms of both time commitment and a subscription. So it's not something that I can just boot up on a whim, you know? Uh, and the first track that I thought about choosing was Ron Fair which is a Nobuo Oematsu piece. He, he didn't do a lot of the soundtrack, but he did do a few. And that is, I think the most iconic track from the game. Uh, it, it plays in the, the tree, the wooded area outside of the kingdom of Sandoria, which, uh, you know, my, my doggy who is, 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 is wandering right here and wondering where her dinner is. Uh, she is named after the kingdom of Sandoria. Aren't you Sandy? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I thought, no, I don't want to pick Ron Fair. 
uh, because it's almost too obvious. And then I thought of the town of Selbina, uh, which is further away and where you catch a ferry to uh, another part of the world. But then I thought about the actual ferry theme, the boat theme that plays when you uh, board this boat. And, and, and something that, that has all, that, that drew me in to Final Fantasy XI the very first time I played it was just like the sense of wonder at the scope of this world. This world is big and wandering far from home is difficult and time consuming. There are monsters that will, if they see you, they will chase you until you hit a new zone. Like it is risky. You have to be careful. If you're going anywhere that is outside your level uh, without a party. Uh, so it always felt like this big adventure to be wandering further and further from home. And I remember when I came upon the town of Selbina and saw like, whoa, you can buy a ferry ticket for, I don't know, a hundred gil or something, maybe less than that. And I don't know where it goes. And I was just like, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And like, so I just remember buying this ferry ticket and going on the boat, like having no clue where it was going. If I could easily get back to where I was and just like that sense of adventure I felt in that moment of uncertainty, like on this boat with all these other players, like wondering like, where are we going? Like that is a game experience that you, that is just so seldom replicated and, and an experience that you're not likely to have again. And I, I am nostalgic for that memory of that moment. So that's why I chose the boat theme. That's super interesting. I mean, you, you think about these experiences that are lost in time due to the fact that so much information just gets out there because of social media and just the way, you know, games are, are you know, are shared among everybody these days. And you don't really have, it's impressive that you had that experience in an MMO because someone could have said, could, someone could have just said, you know, we're, we're going here, this is what's gonna happen because they might have seen it someplace else. But, you know, that's that right. Th this but, was right, right. This was right after the PS2 version launched. So there was a lot of newbies in the but, world. At, but at even thinking about that, that right there is it's it's that's role playing at its most pure. You were you were didn't know where you're going to go and you were role playing this character who didn't know that they were going as well. All right, we're moving on to day 29, and that is final boss music, which just like boss music, there are so many of these I love. Uh, but I actually went with something relatively recent. Uh, I say relatively. 
Um, it, it's, it's getting a little older by now, but uh, it's something I think about a lot. And that is the final, mm, I'll say final battle theme from Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS. Uh, you know, I, I've been a Fire Emblem fan ever since uh, the series came to the US for the first time on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, but I think for a lot of people, this was kind of their entry point for Fire Emblem. It's kind of what revitalized the series and has made it uh, actually very popular uh, in in the West, uh, much more so than it ever had been up to that point. And uh, what, what's so special about this final battle theme is it takes elements from a theme that you heard a few times earlier in the game, sort of a softer, uh, just conversational theme that, you know, happened when characters were talking to each other and stuff. And over, you know, the course of, you know, 40 or so hours of gameplay, you get to this final battle uh, that you know, I, I, I feel that the story did a good way of working up to it. And it kind of like oh, I was saying about, you know, the, the work that you put into uh, hearing that music in Persona 5, like it feels earned. It feels like you have deserved to hear this glorious piece of music after all these hours of, of gameplay that you've put into this. Now here is just the pinnacle climax of the game. And it 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 is just this soaring, sweeping theme uh, that, that fits the battle very appropriately and then breaks into a vocal version of the Fire Emblem theme at, at, at a certain point, but I was just blown away by this piece. So this was this was a, a tougher choice for me because when I think Final Boss, I wanted to immediately go to an RPG. And I looked at my list and I thought about the fact that I'm looking at this huge list and almost everything, everything I have is like from different series. And I think like, you know, I actually have not had a Final Fantasy game on this list, which is kind of amazing. Uh, and I think about ending our Final Boss themes from all the different Final Fantasy games. And the one that I come back to is strangely is is final fantasy 10 this is like it's it's an interesting one but the thing is is that there's there's technically three final battle themes in this game yeah you have like the real the real final battle then you have uh it's bookend on the other part with like another like the decisive battle but there's a, a theme that's in between that i think is I really, really like, uh, and it's called the uh, the summoned beast battle, where you're supposed to kill off all of your summons or your what are they called in that game? It's like aeons, eons are they? Called? Aeons, yeah. I think when you have to, you have that. to fight them and kill them all off. 
that piece of music is amazing. And it's really interesting because I think about the, the buildup and climax of Final Fantasy X and specifically the ending because going up, up to that point, I was kind of, it's kind of ambivalent on the game. I wasn't really enjoying it that much, but I was, was just kept on pushing through and none of the like story elements really struck a chord with me. But the way that the final battle and the ending play out totally changed my perspective on the game and made me enjoy, like love the entire thing. It retroactively made everything that came before way better for me. I mean, that's, that's interesting because, you know, when you said Final Fantasy X, my mind immediately went to Otherworld. Yeah, because, no, it, yeah, not not a favorite, not a favorite. But that is really the true final battle, because during the other battles after that fight, you can't die. Like you have auto life and you get auto life again when you are revived, like the, you're just going through the motions in those fights. So that's that's interesting that you include the final battles as part of what made you love the end of the game because I always thought that was kind of, that aspect was kind of lame that you couldn't lose those fights. But I agree, the ending of Final Fantasy X is fantastic. It's it, it, Like you, I, I feel relatively ambivalent about Final Fantasy X, uh, but the, the ending is, I think, the best part of the game. All right, and with that, we're at day 30, the final day, and that is credits music. That's very, very appropriate. appropriate. So this was one that there's many things that I could have picked, and I picked something that seems to be the most difficult thing to source anywhere. <laughs> I, th I, I have a feeling that you, you might be surprised because you'll be impressed that I, that I thought of this. Okay. And okay. that is the US version exclusive ending credits theme to Wild Arms. Ah, I, I, I could tell where this was going. That is a great choice. And you're right. I, I've tried to find it and I can't. That, I've heard that one time in my life when I beat the game and I, I, I've not been able to find it online. It doesn't exist on any soundtrack release as far as I can tell. But I don't even know who made this piece of music. I'm not sure if anybody really knows who made it. And because, you know, it's just, it, it, it feels like it, it belongs there, but it, you know, it just doesn't exist anywhere, <laughs> which is too bad.
Uh, so for me, uh, I, uh, I, 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 again, this list is not necessarily favorites, but I did, I, I had to go with a favorite for my final pick. And my favorite credits theme, like a, a theme that like, I honestly feel like emotional listening to it. Uh, the credits music, credits music of Chrono Trigger. I just, that credits theme. Like the Faraway Times, right? Yes. That piece is just masterful to me. I mean, it, I, I mean, I just, I, I'm, I have yeah, chills I, right I, now. I, I'm I, thinking I, about I, it. I have them too. I'm just I, thinking about it because. Like, I, I feel the goosebumps coming on. Like, oh. There is a portion of that song that just like encapsulates you know, my, my teenage years, I feel. It It is just a piece that just moves me in a way that very little other music does. And, you know, it's a mixture of just how good the song is, how much love I have for Chrono Trigger. I mean, it's just, it is spectacular. Yes, and that is, you know, that is the perfect song to end this video. So yeah, there's our picks, some favorites, some just interesting choices we wanted to share. Uh, hopefully you've kind of enjoyed our our maybe excessive explanations <laughs> in terms of, you know, why we picked this or what, what it means to us and the, and the context of the game and how it built up to it and things like that. But, uh, you know, for me, like I said before, like that is all a very meaningful part of the game music experience for me. It's, 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 the memories yes. of that game, the images those bring to mind when I listen to that soundtrack again. Uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, that's meant something for you yeah. too. We'd love to hear what, what you thought about our choices. So we don't usually say this, but if let us know in the comments.